What does it mean to disturb? To not believe in a status quo. To not believe that everything is as is. Having the inherent feeling inside of you that there is more to uncover. That greatness is waiting to be discovered. To disturb, to disturb is to become. It is the understanding that every single day is a chance to exceed the barriers of excellence. Knowing that if you are called to do anything, it is to be iconoclast. To look impossible in the eye and move towards it. No, to run towards it. You are more. You are a disturbance to conventionality, the epitome of greatness, an ambassador of iconoclast. This, this is iconoclast. And I am Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, the head of the Amadi Ahaneku family. Don't just live. Disturb. Sending shout out to shout out to you. My name is Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, the head of the Amadi Ahaneku clan. And this, this is Iconoclast, the podcast that is tailored for icon. We have been gone for some time, but now we are back and we are ready to go. The reason we've been gone is because we have been busy as Iconoclast, the company. We have been busy consulting for one of our biggest clients. It's such a huge success. It's honestly just a huge success. And while we've been busy with that, equally, we've just been finding ways in which we could better ourselves as a company, better ourselves as a podcast. And... News is coming on how we are going to move in this new season and not new season of a podcast, but new season as a company. And we'll be moving from a different place, moving with a different team, but also moving at a very different level. And that's where we are. That's where Iconoclast is. Today... I want us to talk about institutionalizing. Now, this topic is one that I've had for quite some time now. And I have never really gotten the chance to speak about it. Not because I haven't gotten the chance to record it. But I believe that as a thought, mainly as a concept, institutionalizing is something that I had not fully understood. There were things that I was still yet to unpack about institutionalizing that I had not. And that is the reason I couldn't put it out. That's the reason I couldn't record it yet. However, I am at a point right now where even after the success that I just told you about, I have learned so much about institutionalizing that I believe that this is time I speak about it. It's going to be a history lesson, but I think that it's important that we understand it so that we can understand what institutionalizing looks like in our current age. We live in a very different world. The world that we see right now is nothing compared to the world that we were in five years ago. Things are changing and things are changing rapidly. This is something that many people are either ignorant of or not really seeing the magnitude of where we are as a people. We are at the brink of 
a new world. And we cannot, we cannot afford as the young people, we cannot afford to overlook the place that we are right now because we are too focused on the place that we were or the place that was established by the people in the past. So we are in a time of great change, a time that is different from anything that we have ever seen. The thing is, there must be at the base of every transition, the core source of transition. So something so big should, should change at the bottom so that the entire world can change. Change does not, it happens exponentially. It happens, I don't want to say atomically, there's this word that I'm looking for. It happens as a chain reaction. Yes, it happens a series of chain reactions. But at the fundamental point, there must be the one change. Now, let's go back to the Industrial Revolution, right? Around, 19, around 1750, I think, right into the mid-19th century, we had the first Industrial Revolution. At the basis of that change was the change from or the transition from doing things by hand to moving and doing things through machines. That was the core basis of industrial revolution, the core basis for the change, right? And the thing about the core basis of the change is that, or the thing rather about great transitions is that they are key factors or key individuals that play a role in creating this transition. They're individuals that play a role into making this transition. And that's the important part. Let's talk about these people. Let's talk about these key individuals, right? So let's look at individuals like Michael Faraday, who successfully created an experiment that really took us into the depths of understanding electromagnetic induction. Let's look at Joseph Swan or Thomas Edison, who really lit up the world when they created the incandescent light. Or let's really look at the people who changed communication for the better. Let's look at Alexandra Graham Bell, who discovered the telephone. These are the people that innovated at the right time. The people who became key role players in, an, in, a, in a great transition, in an industrial revolution, in a revolution. Individuals who played the right game at the right time. And let me tell you something. Let's really go into these people. Let's really understand what it takes to be an innovator in such time. What it takes to be an individual that changes the very fabric of the world after your existence. Let's really delve into what creates an iconoclast in this time. I think one of the most important things is understanding that there are no rules. If there was no incandescent light, you want to tell me that Joseph Swan and Thomas Edison had rules? No, there were no rules. At that point in time, there was nothing that, is, that was limiting their understanding. And that is the reason why they were able to innovate. Innovation happens in a place where there are no rules. 
innovation, innovate. Because the thing about rules is that rules are limitations. At the basis of it all, that's what rules are, limitations. And once you move within the confines of limitation, once you move within the confines of limitation, you cannot innovate. Because the whole concept of innovating is creating different rules. That's what the incandescent light does. Everyone that is creating a light bulb right now is using the very same or similar technology that Thomas Edison used. The telephone right now technically is a, an iteration. It's an iteration well, and development of what Alexandra Graham Bell did. But were the rules... Everyone who's creating right now is creating within the rules of the innovators of the great revolution. So you have to be someone who is willing to create the rules. Someone who is willing to live outside of the rules. That's what it takes to be an innovator. And this goes in various aspects of our life. With me, I remember actually a friend of mine once said this to me. I was looking to get into a new position at this new company, beautiful company, great company, and they're creating a new department, right? And he said to me, and I was telling him about this, this new offer, and it was great. And he was telling me that, man, we're living in a different age. In this age, we are not moving with the same titles that the people in the past have created. You are going to be in a position in this new company where you are going to be able to create a different title for yourself that the entire world will look unto you right now and business journals and business textbooks will be written right now using the title that you create. That's the time we're in right now. Essentially, being where we are at this point in time is being at a point whereby we are able to create where we are able to discard the rules that are already created for us and create new things. And the basis of that transition is moving. The same way in the industrial, first industrial revolution, what changed was moving from using hands to using machines. Right now, we are changing from using machines to using AI. Now that transition gives, gives space for key role players to exist. The same way the first great revolution did. The first industrial revolution did. It created a space for key role players to play the game. That's that. We have to play the game. The point where we are right now is a point that allows you to be an innovator. The point that allows you to be a role player, a key role player an innovator. And to do that, you have to start moving outside of the confines of your industry. I think I spoke about this in the previous episode, but it's just important for me to reiterate it. It's important for us to start creating. There are no rules. That's the thing that AI is doing. There are no rules. And once you tap into the full essence of what AI gives you, you start understanding that the world has changed. That all that you know about creating, all that you know about being is changing. I saw on Instagram this week 
this person just posted about an AI that creates beautiful websites. And I read through the comments and web designers were going crazy out of their minds because this just changed the game. Everything is changing. Another thing about change is that there are gaps. Change happens automatically. People are trying to fight the changes that AI is coming with. But they don't see the better. Because what I believe is that the people who are fighting AI are the people who are already making peace or who have already made peace with the rules that be, the powers that be. What AI is doing is that it's creating a gap where we can be the powers that be, where we can be the forefathers of ideas, the forefathers of cultures, the forefathers of inventions. Inventing can take place right now. And the thing about invention is that for it to happen at a great scale, it has to happen at the right time. And there has to be a gap that takes place and only transition can create those gaps. Why am I giving us this episode? Basically, this episode is to help you understand the point in time in which you are living at right now. And if you don't miss it, if you don't grasp the opportunity rather, you are going to be missing out on one of the greatest errors that ever took place in human history. But if you take the time to recognize where you are, you are going to be a role player, a key role player in changing the very fabric of how the world works. You are going to be a key player in changing everything that we know, to changing ideas, to shaping cultures, to shaping the world into something that we all want. We are going to be the Thomas Edisons, the Michael Faradays, the, Ale the Alexandra Graham Bell. That is what we are supposed to be. And we can only be that if we start understanding the place we are, if we start understanding who we can be. You can create an industry. You can create a monopoly. You can create something different and you can create the rules for the next coming generations. You can create the rules that are going to govern the next 50 or 100 years the same way the people who created the rules 100 years ago are still recognized today. But there's another aspect to this. The other aspect is being institutions ourselves. Now, the first aspect was institutionalizing our ideas by being key innovators, right? Now, we have to learn how to be institutions ourselves. We live in a world where institutions recognize institutions more than they recognize people. And the only time or one of the times an institution can recognize an individual is if an individual becomes an institution themselves. Something that many people don't know about me is that I'm a philosopher. I definitely am a philosopher, especially when it comes to existentialism. And I've read a lot of content from philosophers, quite a lot. And I remember I was out in lunch with someone and this individual was quite a while ago, actually. And I remember formulating a thought and I put it on the table 
And I remember she said, I think Nisha said something about this. I went back. I studied on what Nisha said on the specific concept. And I realized that I went more in depth than Nisha did. I came back to her and I told her, if I could do this and if I could, if I could formulate this thought outside of studying what one of the great philosophers ever came up with, then isn't it ludicrous that we have him as an established philosopher, published and everything, and I'm not. But I came up with a thought that is not as better, I wouldn't say as better, but it was more in-depth. And she said something so beautiful. She said, that is why we should start writing. And because we were also debating about the fact that there is a, a shortage. There is a shortage of black philosophers in the space. And we haven't had as a people the capacity or the space to influence or to take part in the body of work, which is philosophy. And she said that we have to write as much as possible. We have to contribute as much as possible. And we have to do so as institutions. So that inst other institutions are able to recognize our work. So that other institutions are able to recognize us. And the only way to do that is by doing so as an institution. Because the more institutions that we create, the less we are going to need the more established institutions to recognize us because we will be recognizing ourselves. For cultures to be recognized, they shouldn't only be recognized by the institutions that be. We should create, at this point, institutions that can recognize our own cultures, industries that can recognize our own innovations. What am I saying? You have to play the game to change the game. And what's the game right now? Institutions run the world. So what does that mean? How do we change the game? We start by playing it. We start by being institutions in order to change the world for the better. Because you as an individual, your voice is valid, but it has no reach unless you're an institution. And that's just how the world is right now. But how do we change that? We change that by being institutions and then dismantling what is. Dismantling the rules that are not working for this current, this new age that is coming. Because the same rules that worked in the, in the previous age cannot work in the current age. The things that need dismantling now in the world. The world has to change for the better. But we have to be in the position to be the change. And I'm currently going through that transition myself of how do I position myself to first be an institution, then be a key role player in the new age, in this new world. How can I do that? And it takes time because firstly, I have to make myself a player. I have to be recognized as Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, I have to be recognized first, have to create and build an institution around myself, and then have a voice that reaches the masses. And once we start moving like that, 
Once we start moving from that point, trust me. Trust me. There is no limit to where we can go. There is no limit to what we can do. There is no limit to who we can be. Innovators are what is needed in this world. Right now, that's the best title, job title to have an innovator in whatever industry. Because we see the rules that be and we try and work around them. No. In high school, this lady that I'll never forget, she said to me, it's time we stop thinking outside of the box, but we start thinking without a box. And I'll never forget that line. It is time we stop thinking outside of the box and start thinking without a box. That is our podcast for today. I'm so grateful for each and every listener, for everyone who goes out on social media and quotes the the contents of this podcast. It fills me with so much gratitude to see that I can also be an individual that contributes in some way to one's life. And your body of work or your thought or your thought process, really. Jim Rohn says something. He says, don't be a follower, be a student. If you listen to me and what I say and some of it really makes no sense to you, the better version or the better thing to do or a success to me is enabling you to say, okay, Chidi, I do not agree with this. I don't agree with this part, so I'm going to take out this part and I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to learn from this because this is not what I agree with or this is not in line with what I believe in because of this and this and this and this. And you discard that and you take what works for you. Well, if that happens, then all this is a success. I always tell my mentees, I don't want people who follow me blindly. The whole point of my mentorship program is creating an individual who does not have to follow blindly. An individual that opens up their eyes to what the world is and creating the world in their own perception. So firstly, thank each and every one of you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sending words of wisdom. I appreciate it so much. And as they say in my Igbo language, Dad, thank you.